Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Michael Young, who is the CEO of MBN Solutions, who are an innovative, disruptive recruitment talent and people solutions consultancy. They operate globally and work with a range of companies throughout Scotland, UK, Europe, US and beyond. From the very beginning of Michael starting his own recruitment business, he's been really focused on building communities within his industry. So with that approach, he's ended up founding countless tech meetups such as the Scotland Data and Science Meetup to the Scottish Blockchain Meetup. Something that I know Michael's really proud of is that his business has been involved in a government scheme where they helped companies like the Data Lab Innovation Centre, who are on a mission to help Scotland maximize value from data and lead the world to a data-powered future with local MSc students. And I know uh, a sort of stat that Michael's really proud of is that MBN have actually been involved in helping kickstart 350 master students to get into the industry um, as part of that scheme as well, which I think is absolutely amazing. So Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thanks very much. Awesome. So where we always like to start on this uh, show is the the million pound question, which is, in your opinion, what characteristics and traits do you think make up a highly successful recruitment consultant? I think working throughout the years with with some really successful recruitment consultants over over time, there's there's been a few traits that have really stuck out to me and, and, and played in my mind. And I think one of them is is people not just being in it for the for the short game, no, mm. knowing knowing that this is a, a career and really mastering their trade. I've seen people coming around and really taking the first even year, maybe even two years to really get to know their markets, get to know it well, build communities and become really well known within the within that market. Not just as someone who fills jobs, but somebody who really knows what they're talking about and can can talk in depth with uh, yeah. managers and companies about that. And again back to the old kind of cliche that resilience obviously massive. Uh, it mm. can be a tough, tough job, especially at the start when you're really learning your trade. So, yeah, and having that will to not give up. I love that. Yeah. So having a long term mindset. Definitely. Yeah. Not not being transactional. Yeah, I love that. So where we're going to take this conversation, obviously, Michael uh, founded his own recruitment business in 2007. So for the last sort of 14 to nearly 15 years now, Michael's been really focused on building MBN solutions. So we're going to really unpack that and the sort of things that you've learned um, along the way up until now. But very, very quickly, always interested to find out. And I know people interested to hear like what how would you describe, obviously, so from what I can see, you've been in the industry from 2000. Yeah. Um, like, how would you describe the early years of Michael's recruitment career? Like, what what did that look like? How would you describe it? Yeah, it was, again, like like a lot of others, I was, I, I went to, back to university. I actually went back when I was about 20, so I could have late learner. I was a welder before that. and Really? Out, yeah, I'm back to kind of college and university at 1920, and I hadn't even, I'd never switched a computer on. So it was, that's, that's how far back it was. So I went back to uni and did, but I actually did some IT. Then I was doing part-time telesales at BT. So I really liked the sales side of things. But I think it's probably as soon as I put my CV on job boards, where I had the, the little bit of IT and some telesales, I had every rec 
and they were all phoning me about jobs in IT <laughs> recruitment and tell me how, how much I was going to earn and, and, and what it would be like. So I moved to Bristol and started my recruitment career. I actually started in a, a kind of went into high street recruiters for the first two, two and a half years. Yeah, it was great. It's quite a strange journey, but when I was doing high street recruitment, I, I moved in a little bit of kind of wreck to wreck myself, and I, really? I started. Yeah, I started uh, finding a, a, a tech engineering startup recruiter, uh, recruitment consultants, and when I was going down and meeting them and, and talking to them about the job and earning potential and what it was like and the environment, I really loved it loved the sound of that myself so i approached them myself and asked them for a job and again uh, back then I, I wasn't their usual hire i wasn't the kind of fresh grad 21 year old football crowd all that kind of stuff that's <laughs> what it seemed to be like back then it was a kind of certain person a lot of people would take on but the company took a took a kind of punt on me and uh, i was at that kind of time in my career i was actually getting close to God, close to 30 at the time, so... Really? Uh, I, I, yeah, I was ready. To, I must, Yeah, I must have been late 20s anyway. Definitely late 20s, but I was at that kind of stage. I really wanted to go in and try to make something of myself and really just just do it, do what I had to do to succeed. And I think they, they, kind of, they got that from the interview. So from doing a few years in high street recruitment, I moved into a company who there was only four or five of them at the time. They're a multi-global, multi-million pound business now, but the two founders... They'd probably just left jobs where they'd probably make about a quarter of a million to start off yeah. in a small, a small office. So it was it was a, it was a real hardcore environment, and I, I loved it. I, I learned. Okay. What, did, what did you love about it? I just loved it. I probably was doing the kind of high street stuff, and I didn't really. I wasn't really getting taught how to set, sell, and close, mm. and work clients, and really know what I was doing in the, the full kind of sales process. And I moved in. I went. I, I went into. A, totally different environment and, and I really loved the just the environment how fast paced it was how quite it was just it was a real push I had a manager probably worked with me for three to six months more or less sitting with me just listening to everything I was doing and coaching me and helping me and I know a lot of people don't like that like that kind of micromanagement but I can I can say now that what I learned in that first six months has set me up to where I am today and if I never had that I don't know where I'd be today it was it was yeah, amazing I love that I learned, I learned so much in that first six months to a year with with a great manager who, yeah. who was a, who was one of the founders of the wow. companies so it was I, I I learned how to be a good perm recruiter mm. in that mm. office. I was one one of there was only a couple of perm guys in a contract office, so I was getting just I was just I can, yeah. I can, I can choose what I wanted to work. I think I think that's what I think that's one of the like greatest things about working for a small grown business. I think, and I know you'll probably partner and work with startups and stuff like that, but particularly in recruitment in that environment. I mean, I joined the yeah, office of like, I think there's six people when I joined and it didn't end up being a a massive business, but I sat next to the owner of the business who was ex Hayes, worked his way up and like, you just learn so much. So yeah. I guess I'd be stupid not to ask, like if you were to like in, like looking back at that time, if you could maybe condense it to like maybe two or three like key things that you feel you has really kept of you that has had a really impact, a real impact on your recruitment career. What would you say the two, three things you learned that you think has really sort of given you the best chance of like winning in recruitment out of interest? I think one of the, it, it, as soon as I joined, there was a, it was a three page job spec. It was actually sellotaped 
to my desk. And again, <laughs> speaking to my, my manager, he, he told me it took him about two years to really master this, to, to master it in detail so that when he was, like any any job he would get, he would fill because the job spec would be, it would, it would just be amazing listening to these people taking these at the time. So that was new to me. So so can I master that, which you, you call it a job spec, but it's everything from kind of intro, finding out to speak to the right mm. person. So so mastering that was the best thing. That's wait, 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 so just so I wasn't very clear on that. So when you said job spec, what do you mean, sorry, as in taking a job, or what do you mean? Yeah, sorry, it was just just that, as in when you first introduce, introduce yourself to a client and they've got a, a job for Oh, you. okay, I got it. I can remember doing that early days, and some of my job specs were, they were being recorded at the time, and I listened back now, and it was just, I was like an absolute robot at the start, just trying to read off a script. So getting comfortable with that and being able to kind of guide calls and, and find as much information as possible from clients was was, was, was one of the first yeah. things that really helped me. Then nice. again, then again, urgency. Again, just really mm. making things happen. Uh, probably, again, sitting in High Street, Sitting in Disney, not all high streets like that, so don't don't get me wrong. But sitting in a, 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 a probably the the first few jobs I was in, uh, I would I would there was no one I, would, I wouldn't influence anything. But if the client says somebody was a no or if a candidate wasn't interested, yeah. the conversation would finish there. But but wow. really learning to go in and and, and influence and 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 make make decisions happen was was massive for me as well. So there are a few of the, the key things for me as well. Yeah, I love that. So just, just quickly, just out of curiosity, because I have my own opinion on this, but like, how? What are your views on like scripts? Out of interest, like I don't like. Yeah, what do you, what, yeah, what do you think? Because I, I go on. Def, definitely not a fan on scripts at all. But I think uh, maybe the first two three months when people are really learning their trade, it's not it's not a bad thing just to have a reference there in front of them when they're maybe getting a little bit tongue twisted mixed up and in a difficult situation where they can maybe go yeah. back and, and help them guide the conversation but again it's about making it your own that's why i think i mentioned when at the start the i was told to learn inside out to know it so it wasn't like a script and i could jump yeah, from the yeah. start to the middle to the back to the front yeah, yeah. and really make it make it my own so i think good good to maybe help guide some conversations at the start yeah, I think the the thing what I the thing what I really like, and I I do this now when I'm speaking to businesses about recruitment mentors. I think there's a lot to be said to like. I think most people, let's say for example, I was I don't know maybe specking out a candidate, or I was trying to get hold of a, a particular candidate that I know um, has great skills and great experience. But personally, I do feel like there's a lot to be said to like actually make the time to understand like what types of pains and things that you're going to highlight or talk about and communicate that in the right way. Because I think if you go into like a candidate spec call, you're going to headhunting call or even a cold call, whatever. And like, you're just relying on understanding what you need to say rather than like just thinking about or knowing the sort of core of what you want to get across. Yeah. I think you're just making it more difficult for yourself. And I think if you were to say, maybe to say to your team now, like if you were to like speak to a client for the very first time, what would be your like elevator pitch? Mm-hmm. How many of them would be able to rule that off? Don't know. And that's just super valuable because like you need, you need to think about the pains, the, the, the yeah. real pains that obviously you can uh, solve and all those sorts of things. And I think there's a lot to be said to like just 
for maybe things that you do a lot of the time, specking out CVs, introducing yourself, it's worth thinking of like, okay, what what is my message in that? And then, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot. Totally, hundred percent. And I know a lot of a lot of good businesses. They they kind of bring that into their kind of weekly and fortnightly training, and they, they run through things like that and go through different scenarios and really train quite heavily on that. So, that yeah, people are prepared to get what they need. Yeah. Definitely. I think, yeah, it definitely help a lot early on as well. If you listen to this and you're yeah. early on, definitely think about what do I typically always say on these calls and just write it down, make sure you're happy with it and yeah. have something that you can lean on before you like really master it, I think. Um, yeah. So I guess to sort of finalise this then, obviously you've now hired plenty of people for your own business. Like what, what would your advice be for people um, who are early on in that sort of recruitment journey to like really maximize the opportunity that they have. So like, let's say I'm listening to this, I'm in my first year, maybe first two years. Like, what would your advice be to me that if I have aspirations to be a top biller, be sort of do really great, what would you be saying to me, do you think? I would I would say really, really try and look at a, a niche and be the best in that niche. Mm. Uh, don't just rely on your day job, take time, go to meetups, set up your, set up your own meetups learn from others, uh, attend events and, and really get to know your market inside out and get to know the people in it. Take time and build build communities and, and networks mm. and get to know candidates. The best people I work with now, if they get a job within their niche market, they're not going to job boards and going, going to uh, a lot of their, their CRMs or they, they'll maybe know 10, 15 people who they can talk, who they can call on straight away who either be good for the job or will know people for the job because they're quite because they've built respect and trust in, in their markets I think that's so important yeah uh, and, and and I know a lot of people earlier on in recruitment there is a lot of I've seen it throughout the years myself and others there's a lot of imposter syndrome within mm. recruitment consultants as well early on they think they're only a year into this and they're speaking to maybe chief data officers and senior data people and, and they don't feel that they're in a position to really yeah. be dealing, dealing with them as well so if you can get that out of your head as soon as you possibly can I can remember it was massive for me for a couple of years it was quite daunting going and speaking going and meeting people who were like senior directors within data and analytics within big businesses I was kind of uh, just when I was early on in recruitment, so I think that's really confidence, yeah, and believe, yeah. believe, in, believe in what you do. Yeah. So, so a cu- couple of things, and then we'll go into you um, starting your own recruitment business, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting what you just shared there. So, yeah. so the first thing, just always interested to hear people's opinions on this, and it's come up a lot on this podcast. So, having a niche, yeah. Like, what what's your definition of like? Like, what would be, like, do you get what I mean? Like, in your opinion, what is, like, niche enough out of interest? Like, how would you just talk to me a bit about that? Because I think that would be interesting for people. This podcast is proudly partnered with the award-winning Sourcebreaker, who are transforming the way recruiters work. We continue to hear how candidate short all of you are. And if you haven't considered Sourcebreaker or even taken a look at how the Sourcebreaker tool can help you get more out of your time spent on sourcing for candidates, then that needs to change. Some of the common ways Sourcebreaker is helping their agencies be competitive, beat their competition, is massively helping them uncover additional candidates within their database. It's reducing 
time spent sourcing by at least two hours plus, which can then be reinvested in business development, building relationships. It's going to help you reduce the time to get that ideal shortlist that you need to present to your clients. And whilst all of this is happening, it's going to be automating a lot more of that candidate sourcing process that a lot of you probably deep down actually quite hate doing, but you know you have to. So Sourcebreaker will help you save time whilst also helping you uncover those all important candidates that all of you need right now. If you haven't checked out Sourcebreaker, make sure that you do. Use the link in the comments uh, of this podcast, the show notes, to um, have a no-pressure demo and uh, you can gain your exclusive savings on this product because you're a Recruitment Mentors listener. Definitely. So you can go You can go really, really niche. And some people are doing that and some people are doing amazing. I've heard about some companies they're selling their businesses recently who have been really niche but getting nine times multipliers as well on that yeah but I, yeah software development it used to be as if you're a software development consultant you would cover all aspects of software development but now okay. we, we've, we've got a few people doing software develop, development and one will just they'll just cover like either javascript or mm. .NET or java so that will that will take it right down to that i think you need to do that as well we do a lot of a uh, Within, we, we're kind of data science recruiter as well, so really niching it down to like computer vision, which is massive. That's a multi billion pound industry on, on its own, and really niching it down as far, yeah. as, far as you possibly can. Okay, again, just, just getting really getting to know that market, yeah, yeah. So, I guess if we were to turn that into like a football analogy, then yeah, I see with it being uh, the Euros, yeah. Well, when the, when this goes out, the Euros might answer it. Yeah, I'd be interested to see who. Uh, so I guess, so like, just to make this really clear then. So like maybe, yeah, if you're someone that's listened to this and let's say that you're someone that recruits football players for the Premier League, like that, what Michael's saying here is that potentially isn't niche enough. So actually you want to go a step further and go, I recruit football players for the Premier League and I only recruit right backs and left back full backs. It might just be that yeah. to get what I'm in. And it's like taking that step further, isn't it? And and I guess like obviously the advantage of that from what you're sharing is like that if you do that and just stay in that lane, like the you're gonna have even more better chance of like really understanding who the main players are in that market, where the talent is, where to go for the talent. So when you do so everyone wants to be that go to person in yeah. that space and yeah, it's, it's about really making sure that you're giving yourself enough. Um, if if there if it is that niche, then you're going to have more opportunity to really know that market inside out. Whereas if it's still too wide, you, it's going to be hard to like really be known um, you, and understand you, it all. You, you, I, I, I'm, <clears throat> I work with some people at the moment are, make, are starting to make it look easy at the moment because, but, it, but this is maybe five, six years of, of really working in a, a country to start with within mm. a niche and and really taking the time to get to get to know people but again it takes trust as well you need to really deliver on this and it could be a couple of years of delivering then you need to have the you, you need to have the, the personality to to go on with people and and yeah, build yeah. relationships and most i'm i'm still working with i'm my place my first ever analyst in 2005 and i still talk to the the, the hiring manager and the person i placed every other yeah, month now, and, and that's built out a, there's, there was a small team of data professionals with a place in Lloyds in Bristol but it was a real A team they were uh, a real good team but they're all over the UK now working for yeah, big yeah, yeah. businesses and I've, I've got on well with them all and I've 
it's just that it's about about that as well. And then and then just two final things, sorry. So one yeah. one thing is just out of curiosity, how how have you gone up because you I'm sure you've done this with your business now. Yeah. What what's your thought process and advice on like identifying a niche, like a, a profitable yeah niche like maybe not profitable is the right word but like a niche that you would get excited about where you see opportunity mm-hmm. if you go know i mean like how what's your like identify like what do you typically look for to go you know what if we had yeah. someone just focused on that in two three four years time that could be a really yeah. strong part of our recruitment business definitely you can look at a lot of different market trades market trends what's happening in the press look at like what companies are getting bought where, where the startups are coming from as well especially right around a bit like kind of healthcare and in AI and machine mm. learning and stuff like that. And you can look at, talk to other people, see how, look at other businesses, look at other recruiters, see see how well they're doing within certain niches as well and just follow trend there. Okay, but, so just market trends. But, yeah, but again, just, you can't just jump into a niche and think you're going to be a master in it within like three to six months. Yeah, yeah, of course. Loads of, loads of tech recruiters come into the data market there just as soon as it really started booming and they, they were just kind of spraying themselves as data recruiters because they'd done IT recruitment for a while but it's, it's totally different as well and it does yeah, take yeah. time it takes time then, then the other thing I just wanted to make sure that I ask you because I, I, I completely agree because I've seen this a lot when working with recruiters on like recruiters that are sort of quite early on in their career on like helping them market themselves more effectively but one of the biggest obstacles that they have for themselves is like that imposter syndrome piece or like yeah. they don't feel like they're I don't know I don't know if the right word's worthy but they don't think they're credible enough mm-hmm. to like be talking about that yet yeah. so just talk to me because I'm sure you've had to help mm-hmm. obviously Definitely. people in your team work through yeah. this so, like you could talk about yourself or like like yeah. how if I'm listening to this and maybe I'm struggling with that yeah. like how what are the typical things that one helps you work through that to gain more confidence or to yeah that you've been doing with your employees that have helped them work through that? Definitely a lot of it. God, it's one of the biggest things within our businesses at the moment is trying, people are doing amazing things. Even some people are doing podcasts and writing mm. excellent stuff, but they, they still won't put their name against it and say, this is an excellent project <laughs> I've been working on. It's A lot of it's just it's confidence. And, and some, sometimes it's maybe going and looking at different, there's, you might have to go out and, and look at some personal development and it's not always recruitment training that can help with this. There might be other self-development courses around about kind of, uh, confidence and, and stuff mm. like that as well. It's it's a, it's a very, very hard one. I know personally for myself, it was, I'd been in recruitment three, four years. I wasn't really into all that at all. But it was once I kind of started my own business and I had to do it, if that makes sense. I really had yeah. to I had to go, I need to start building a personal brand here. And I think a lot of it, I don't know, a lot of it kind of maybe came with me through maybe just kind of getting maturity and get a wee bit more confident within myself because it's yeah. it's, it's, it's massive. Some people have really, really got it early on. Day one, they'll come in, you, you see what they're doing. and But but you need to be really authentic about it as well. If You need, you need to be, it needs to sound like you and be you because people yeah. see see through that as well. It's a hard one to give advice on. We just try and we just try and teach people slowly but surely, build it up. Uh, mm. it's, 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 a, it's something I'm really looking at at the moment. It's people's own personal branding. Yeah, I think I think uh, what I what I would say, and it'd be good to get your thoughts. Is yeah. I think, and I definitely struggle with this. So, like, I yeah. think sometimes 
recruiters can get too caught up on like what they're not knowledgeable on. And I'll explain what I mean. So let's say I enter the tech market tomorrow and I want to be seen as like the go-to person and the expert. Obviously, one, I'm not going to be an expert overnight. That's just that's just that's just yeah. part of the process. But I think sometimes what recruiters forget is let's say that my niche is yeah, JavaScript developers. Mm. Like the insight and the value that you have is actually the amount of JavaScript developers that you speak to on a daily, weekly basis yeah. and the insight that you get from that, rather than you're never going to know as much as that JavaScript developer about writing code like that. And right. I think sometimes that's where recruiters get a bit caught up because they think, oh, for me to be talking about this or for me to ring this person and be on the level with them, I need to, I'm not as competent as them. Or, But like the recruiters don't get paid to do the, what, yeah. you're never going to get paid to do what your candidates do, right? The insight and the value that you have, which is why, you should view it as you're both sitting on this at the same table. No one's harder than another is that actually the huge value that you offer is I speak to X number of people like you every single day. How many people do you speak to like yourself? Oh, you know what? Well, there's only a couple of people in my team, got a couple of friends. It might be under 10 people. Well, I speak to 10 people a day like you. So the value and insight that I have and where I'm an expert is understanding what's going on. And I'm thinking it's that that sometimes people get mixed up on. It's like what they're like experts in. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't yeah. agree more, again, honestly, couldn't agree more. And I can yeah. remember at the start with this crazy data science world thinking I had to talk about st stuff like that, and it was definitely not me. But I think people are getting the value where they're talking about clients that have maybe turned, a, maybe turned around a contract vacancy within 24 hours, or clients that have maybe taken two weeks to, to, to make an offer. So it's talking about what you're seeing in the That market, stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all that kind of stuff. You definitely don't need to be talking about technical stuff but you might know of skills yeah you might know skills that are starting to that you're starting to yeah. see that in the market and clients are taking on like notice trends like, and stuff yeah. like that so talking that's the thing yeah all about talking more about that rather than yeah that yeah exactly that's the information so like when you're saying yeah, you need to know your market inside out embed yeah. yourself in it that doesn't mean by the end of it 15 years later you're going to be able to do what they do it's more about yeah, like understanding the trends, what's going on, what good companies yeah. are doing, and all these sorts of things. Okay, yeah, definitely. So let's let's talk about MBN Solutions then. So yeah. obviously, so started that in two thousand seven. Yeah. Obviously, uh, worked in for a obviously a couple of different recruitment businesses. Mm -hmm. What well, I I always start here because a lot of people and I'm sure you've been in these conversations, we'll be down in the pub or wherever it is going, ah, yeah. imagine if I was making all this money for myself and wasn't yeah, employed, so. doing all that. Like, what, what gave you the confidence to take that first yeah, step yeah. and actually start, do you think? Yeah. This podcast is proudly partnered with Vincherry, who are weaponizing recruiters through tech. This week, I want to tell you about their completely free downloadable resource, on all things CRM rollout. Speaking to so many agency owners around their journey with their CRM, and there's a lot of pain when considering a tool or a new tool when thinking how that's going to be rolled out successfully across the business. So Vincherry have gone out of their way to produce this. I've taken a look at it. It's a great guide. It's completely free. And in short, what you can expect to take away from this downloadable resource is a foolproof 10-step CRM rollout plan 
for your recruitment business. Doesn't matter if you're a Vincere customer or not, regardless if you're uh, looking at a new CRM and you want to roll that out successfully, then you're going to want to take a look at this guide. It's going to give you proven strategies for implementation management. It's going to give you methods, practical methods on boosting adoption across your business. And most importantly, how to make sure you're maximizing your return on investment in this all new piece of kit and recruitment tech that you've invested in. If you haven't already checked out the Vincere all-in-one platform, I'd highly recommend it. I'll continue to hear raving reviews from their customers. Make sure that you use a link in the show notes to either download this free guide. I'll put a link in the show notes and also there'll be a link there to have a completely no-pressure demo on the platform and how it could potentially support your recruitment business. And let's not forget, because you listen to this podcast, you will get exclusive savings. So probably always wanted, I always said that we kind of entrepreneurial kind of thing about me, even when I, I can always remember yeah. even when I was doing, I was welding and at school, I used to see the kind of people on the trains going into business. And I always said that we kind of thing about me from an early age, wanted to, to be an entrepreneur. So I, I, it was a good opportunity for me. I, I was kind of in Bristol, probably kind of hitting my 30s and it was, I just felt as if it was time to move back to Scotland. The situation was, the situation was good for me. So yeah. after five great years in Bristol, uh, I moved back to Glasgow and I had the opportunity to, to start on my own. Uh, I think I actually got my mum to, my mum actually got me a, a £10,000 bank loan at the time. Really? To get it. So she kind of got me that, helped me get a, it was an old colleague, I think, database, helped me get kind of set up on wow. that. And, and how how much of a runway did that give you? Okay, it gave us, it probably gave us a, a couple of months. I had a, uh, there was a, there's a really, well-known businessman in, in Glasgow, an absolute gentleman of a guy who gave us a, a back room, just an office in there. Really? Go in and get a, use, use the office and phones and stuff and an old computer there. So we had that and it was just a few licenses and stuff back then at the days. It was totally different. It was, you would go in and my first ever deal placement was with, with like Gala Coral based, right. down in, based down in Nottingham. But my second and third and fourth deal were within that department, within people they had worked with. So it was more just about, it was more just networking and referrals. Yeah, yeah. And without, How long did it take you to do the deal? I was doing a deal. I'd done a deal quick. I think I was. I done my. I done a deal in the first month. Anyway, I was up. Really? Running, I was up and running quick. It was. It was the good times back then. As just as it is right now. Uh, yeah. You know, I was. I was again. I was. I had so much kind of fear of failure. I, I was, I would not have, I have always kind of been that way. Uh, talk about some of the situations I've had in starting business and some of the stresses, which I know probably ninety nine percent of people would just pack it in and go, go work for a mm. big organisation. But I was, I was on it. I was just, I gave it a hundred percent. I was I really, want to, I was really want to make it. I would, I would, I, I wouldn't have failed no matter what. But I didn't have a clue what I was doing. If I'm being totally <laughs> honest. I'd never managed. I'd never managed anybody in my life. Didn't know about finance, accounts, back office, marketing, anything like that at, at all. So I'd no, really? real, no real knowledge about about business and running teams and running P and Ls and all that kind of stuff. I just knew how to can I get on a phone and get the deals. Some deals then a lot. So it was <laughs> probably never <laughs> grew and scaled as quick as. I could have because it was it was just hiring a few people and get, getting things in place. Then after a few years, I probably really banged my head 
of a world with different things. I've started going out for more external help, like non-execs and, and mm. other things, and, and support with accounts and finance. When I first started the business, I had a, an accountant, somebody recommended them, and I used to go down, like a, a business that was doing decent cash at the time, I used to go down, just, they just had me a one-page report, here you go, it told me nothing, told me absolutely nothing, so, <laughs> it was, it was so let, crazy. So let, let's break this down a bit, over the next sort of 30 yeah. minutes, let, let's break yeah. this down, obviously 14 years, is, and I'm sure it just feels like a big sort of yeah. blur, like this, all of this, right, so, so let's just talk about, I guess, a good question to start is, that would give value to people is I guess you've got the benefit of hindsight now, right? Yeah. So thinking, looking back now, if you were to start those first couple of years again yeah. and start a recruitment business again, I guess what sort of things would you maybe do differently? What would you yeah. invest in sooner rather than later? Talk to us about yeah. maybe what you would do differently at the beginning of that journey that you think would have had yeah. a positive impact. Yeah. So I think I would, I would put, I wouldn't put all my eggs in the baskets and all emphasis on just sales and doing deals and uh, bring in the top salespeople. They're the most important people you can have in a business. Because uh, I was that, I was just so focused on sales and bringing in mm. top bars and getting people up and running. And I, and I really lost track on the things that are so important to me now. I've actually been back after 13, 14 years and I've just brought in Fincheri now at mm. the moment. So we're, so we're, we're nearly, we're close to getting 100% system compliance. Before, uh, we're looking at other other systems like that. Uh, I, so I would, I would put a lot more emphasis on real processes and systems mm. and, and spend. And, and w- w- why would that have helped? Why would that have helped out of interest? Because I feel like they're the types of things yeah. that can go out the window. You're like, Definitely. I would do that when we're like 10, 15 right. people. Like, yeah. why would that have helped? It would, it would just help you get to 10, 10 to 15 people much quicker. It would, you, mm. would have your, you would have all your kind of systems and your operations team in place to, to make things run a lot a lot smoother as well. You'd be fully compliant as well. Uh, you would you would have a, rep, a repetitive system where you could just plug new people into it as well mm. and it, it would work for you. You would know your clients better. We've invested heavily this year, last just tail end of last year on. I brought in a, a business-to-business marketeer, non-recruitment background, uh, mm. and, and I believe he's going to really transform our business in terms of lead generation and, and knowing our customers. We're, we're looking at a very, very exciting project at the moment based mm. on kind of account management as we're looking at let's just go and hire a big senior account manager, bring somebody in at this and he'll solve everything. But we've, we've worked within like our marketing and our MD and client services director to say we 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 don't after fourteen years we don't have our, our data is not in a place yet to bring somebody senior in to do account management. So we're working mm. in a cracking project at the moment, all about onboarding, but it's it's, it's marketing led through kind of things yeah. like HubSpot and Vincere, just mm. to really to get to know our customers inside out. It's been yeah. it's been a fascinating this year's been a fascinating journey with within operations bringing in Vincere. Looking at looking at what we're doing with marketing and and, and I think it's, it's really going to we're onboarding people much easier at the moment as well. Our systems are really in place, and it's allowed us now to. I've told our staff now, look, you, you, we're a fully flexible model. We'd love used to come to a big, beautiful office in Glasgow, which I'm always shouting about, but the team are doing absolutely amazing from home at the moment. We've 
hire somebody fully remote in London, we're hiring somebody fully remote in Cambridge, somebody fully remote outside Edinburgh, hopefully, and it's really gave us a, a platform for growth, and it's it's just all down to full system compliance. We, we can so we've got a snapshot of our business straight away. It's so important. Now for yeah, us. I love that. Yeah, yeah talk, really talk to me a bit about just to try and make this really easy for sort of yeah. future business owners or current business owners to understand. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about so like the you know the systems and process that you're talking about. So are you are you talking about in all areas of your business? So if we sign, so let's say that we we partner with a new business, this yeah. is what that system looks like going from signing terms yeah. to onboarding them. Yeah. Um, or are you also talking about systems on, okay, if we hire someone new for the business tomorrow, this is sort of what they have to do. Are we also talking about systems of this is how we typically bring, this is how we do new business. This is how we yeah. typically source, like have systems on that. Like what have been some of the like most yeah. important systems and processes that you've implemented or spend time working out that, Definitely. yeah. So we've, 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 had, we've had six months are really looking at everything within the business. We've hired a new senior operations manager who's been brilliant and we've actually brought in a consultant as well who's had a years and years of experience working with companies who have been able to scale country to country. A lot of mm. it is, 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 is real compliance around the contractors and stuff okay. like that. So really all, all that kind of stuff, fully onboarding customers as well. You you would in recruitment you would onboard a lot of customers and you would maybe hear you would maybe do a placement here or a placement there. And sometimes salespeople are just focused on getting the deals done as well which is which is amazing but we're really focusing now on knowing our customers and and bringing these customers into the business uh, so mm. they're sitting so they're sitting with the full business and they'll, they'll as soon as they they come in as they'll be fully onboarded within Vincere but they'll also be fully uh, onboarded on our real onboarding and, and marketing process as well so we're taking them on a journey with white papers events mm. but but at the moment, we don't know our customers well enough to know exactly what they want. So we brought a marketing person and said, give me another six months and I'll, I'll be able to tell you exactly what these people want and, and give them what they want as well. And and and, and that's going to really help massively with cross-selling across all our verticals. It's, it's quite an exciting project at the moment. Okay. I thought I knew a lot about marketing and well, my events and stuff like that. And but I've, I've been doing so much. I built massive communities, thousands of people. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know my audience or my assets at all. And uh, mm. and that's, that's what I'm really working on at the moment. And that will it will turn this into a, the lead, it will turn it into a massive lead machine as well, where a lot of business will be coming from systems and marketing. It will be all kind of automated, and, and it'll be plugged back into the sales team. Just interesting. So- so, what what I'm what I'd be really so there's a couple of things that I definitely want to make sure that we yeah. discuss before we finish. So, I would definitely want to talk to you about the community element. Obviously, touch on that yeah. in the introduction and just talk about why that's been impactful, how it's yeah. impacted your business, etc. Definitely want to talk to you about the non-exec getting support. A lot of business owners are open mind. I feel like more and more businesses are open minded to partner with the right NED. It's just actually finding yeah. the right NED or like yeah. have it like this and then. Yeah, definitely want to talk to you about hiring, culture, and those things. Yeah, so let's just yeah. let's just start with the community because you're talking a lot about marketing yeah. here. Yeah. So like, obviously, from what I can see, obviously you've yeah started um, several meetups yeah. in your market, right? So why don't we why don't we start by then like just just making this like really clear for everyone listening? Yeah. 
definitely. You may still be cynical and skeptical about doing stuff like meetups. Like, how would you like if I was to go, Michael, I'm thinking about doing this meetup for my yeah. market. Like, what would the pitch to me be like? Like, how has it impacted your business? Like, yeah. has it generated revenue? What has it enabled? What is it? How has it impacted your recruitment business? Definitely. So, so we have, we have very much community led with the strategy day the other week, and our, our purpose as as people, we, we, we love people, so the community is very valuable to us. So, I started. I was doing events in London with like eBay and ASOS mm. and IBM probably around about 2015 and I know a lot of recruitments are doing tech and data science events at the moment but there, there was nobody doing them back then uh, so mm. we were bringing we were bringing 100 data scientists there were even a data scientist back then big data professionals and in, into rooms and tech professionals and, and talking about real industry the industry we didn't ever once talk about recruitment so yeah. we've really we've really since then, we've run a number of events in London, all over London. But in Scotland, I've built, I've built, I started Scotland Data Science and Technology. It's probably got about 4,500 people in it, well over 4,000 anyway, last time I counted. But I started this in 2015, summer 2015, and I haven't missed a single month ever uh, since it started. And mm -hmm. any advice to, to anybody that's wanting to start a meetup, you need to be consistent with this. You might get five people, four people, three people turning up at the start, but uh, the, the key is consistency, getting good speakers and, and, and being consistent. Since then, we've got a cloud one and a blockchain. We've got over 7,000 people, but the community has been massive for us. The amount of revenue and the amount of new clients, we, we actually we work with startups and scale-ups, and part of our offering is actually bringing them into our kind of communities and letting them talk about their product to the audience as mm. well on, on our platform. I've got Scottish Government now phoning me in a monthly basis now with new businesses moving into Scotland for us to help bring them Advice, in here, yeah. to come into our communities, tell them about talent, the price, what it's like and, wow. and ultimately get get the jobs from them as well. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it's it's getting us in front of people every month. So everybody, especially in Scotland, everybody knows about MBN and data now. Uh, we, we also do an exclusive round table month, every month at the moment. There's maybe 20 people on it. They're like 25, 30, depends. The last mm. one was about data strategy and it's invite only as well. We don't do a lot on LinkedIn about it, but it's bringing us in front of the key people. It's for clients we've worked with for years and years, so it's it's, it's just helping cement relationships. It's the best thing uh, I've ever done within business, and I love it as well. I set it up. Yeah. I, I speak to people every month about coming and talking, and it, it's the, the, the amount of candidates and clients is. is, is we, yeah, might be able yeah. to measure it. we might be able to measure it a bit better now. We've got a really yeah, yeah, good, sure. good marketing so, person, but it's it's been so, phenomenal. So just just really quickly, like so, like final yeah. thing on that. And I, I, I totally get this, but I want to make, I just yeah. really want to try and, like, I really, and I still think there's so much opportunity for recruiters to start things like this. There will be people that start and then, like you said, won't be consistent. But I think with, like, I feel like the modern day recruiter will be super niche. So, like, if you're, like, if you're able to serve your niche by bringing people together, regardless of how many other recruiters are doing stuff like this, that'll be so valuable for, like, your niche, right? Yeah. So just really quickly, just to, like, I just wanted to make this sound yeah. like really as simple as possible. Yeah. So talk me through a typical like journey maybe where there's, I don't know, let's say that there's a scale up or start that you've identified or someone in your team has identified in Scotland um, that you want, that you think that you guys could work with. 
right? Talk to me about how, like, how the events would help, like, that yeah. person or that business become a client. Is it they then get approached to go, hey, um, may or may not know, but we run, we're actually the founders of Scotland Data and Science. We wanted to reach out to let you know that this is a community you can be part of. We've partnered with, like, so, like, helps with the BD. We speak. Yeah. And then they maybe attend an event, get involved. They find out a bit more about you. I'm assuming you yeah. then maybe follow up or whatever. And then there's a recruitment conversation at some point. Like, what is the typical journey of going not a client to being yeah. involved in the community and becoming a client? Just to spell this out for people, like how yeah. it actually could work. So, so you're building that relationship from the first call. You're, you're really yeah. showing them you're credible within your market. You're talking to them about the communities you've built. So first of all, um, if, you're, if you're looking to to find them people, you're talking about the people you know within that community. There's there's four thousand people within Scotland within data. We know a lot of them, so that's massive to them as well. Yeah. And then yeah. and then lots of the if, the, if they're kind of typical startup scale up, that they will have a product that that, that they want to get out to the market as well. So we mm. we can allow them a bit like the way they, we we allow them to come in and talk at the meetups and talk. We tell them save oh, yeah. yourself. It's not a sales yeah. pitch, but we let them. We bring them into the community, so that gets their business known yeah. uh, much quicker much quicker than, than 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 it would in any other circumstances. But you're just you're cementing that relationship straight away. You're showing them you're credible. You're showing them you know people within that industry. Yeah. And and it's it, there's you're telling them that you don't need to go anywhere else to find the, the best talent within this niche mm. market because I I'm in it. I'm working in it. I find people in it. I build events in it. I know speakers. It's it's it, it really helps. And then, and then do these people, can these people then literally at some point go, oh, hey, like, what does MBN do? Or can MBN help me with this? Or like, d does it just end up organically going that way? Or like, do you direct, do you yeah. direct say, like? A lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the calls are actually, a lot of the calls to get them into our community and get them on our events is, is led by a, a first like, conversation where they're going to be looking to build and scale and hire anyway. Okay. So a lot of a lot of the majority of them is is led from that. If if they're going to be one of our clients, an add-on for us is we can bring them into that community. But again, if we're really targeting people and there's, there's we've not been able to speak to people for a long time and we can't get any inroads into companies, a good a good way is to get them to come and speak at an event because you're 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 having a conversation for an hour about the event, what what it entails, and yeah, yeah. what it's going to be like. So that there's an instant relationship built straight away, and yeah. it can lead. It can lead to that yeah i love that and i think that a common we've had people like talk about this where it's really impacted their recruitment desk or business and i think what i really take from what you're describing there is like you're what if you if you take a, a potential client through a journey like that you're giving you're giving them so much before you take anything yeah do you know what I mean? If that's giving them a platform to tell them about their product to their target audience or other people that could help them uh, or giving them direct access to yeah all these people that could potentially be great um, employees for the Yeah, there's just so much that you can give but, before you, you take. Yeah. But And a lot, a, a lot won't ever become clients as well and might use a competitor. But the, on yeah. the flip side of that, we're, we're bringing these great uh, business case presentations to the audience as well so on the flip mm. side of just the client side we're bringing this to the, the candidates the potential candidates the community uh, on a monthly basis as well so you're you're, for, you're 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 in their minds as well and if they're looking they'll usually give me a shout or I'll give one of my colleagues a shout if one of their colleagues is looking to hire a senior data person they, I, a lot I'm 
I can sit on a weekly basis and get four or five uh, key level hires emailed in to me through the community I've built, uh, which which could kind of be passed down on our team to go and help fill that. It's it's really it, it's it's make, it's making it a lot easier. But I, I kind of love what I do as well. So there is a difference. I'm quite passionate about it. I enjoy it, and I kind of it gets me out and about speaking to people, and and I just enjoy that that type of thing as well. So you need to be. Again, it's like everything. You need to be in that for a long game as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it. not, it's not. Yeah, you don't you can't just start if you think it's gonna help you. Yeah, like build a hundred gram or a year. Like yeah. it's gonna be more than that, obviously. Definitely. Um, talk, talk to me about, talk to me about your journey with sort of uh, NEDs then. Yeah, uh, non-exec directors or getting support. Like, talk, talk to me about one. I guess how did you find one what's been yeah. your overall experience how has it actually helped you grow this recruitment business like just talk to us a bit about that because i know there'll be a lot of business Definitely. owners listening or future business owners thinking about oh there'll be a lot of things that i'm i haven't done before and i'd love to get help like talk to us a bit about yeah. the journey with that i think the main the main the main thing i could say is really take your time with this please don't jump into the first person that comes that comes to you and, and maybe sees your a young startup recruitment business is starting to do well because there'll be a lot of people out there who'll really try and hook on to you then who might not be the best person for your business. So take your time, research them, look at their background, speak to people about them. Please do that before you engage with, with, with anyone. That's, that's so important. But uh, a, a good advisor, NED, can, can, really transfer, can really transform your business. For me, again, it was a... Uh, it was for the business side of things, the kind of scaling side of things, the a lot of just the the, the strategy. Uh, I, I took my time, found somebody who was the, a Scottish based non exec who had some uh, good recruitment experience, but also found a real uh, London based guy who is a kind of a management consultant, a real st- st- strategy kind of guy who helps work on uh, capital events and exits as well. So he he's really helped us kind of transform the just the look and feel of the business. We actually moved a little bit from like MBN recruitment, MBN recruitment to MBN solutions, but that was a well kind of thought out strategy. We looked at the, mm. and it was just all about the events and the white papers we were putting out. It was a lot of really industry stuff as well. So we got a lot of advice on that. But again, unless you've been here, done it before, and really built and scaled something, if you've not got that experience or you've not hired anybody with that experience, go, go and find somebody who, knows how to do it, they, it can really transform your business for definite. But it needs to be the right people because it's so important. You hear so many horror stories as well. Yeah, yeah. Do, have you, do, do you have any, did you go into speak to anyone that you're like, I don't know, not, not have any good experiences? With I went to speak to a couple of people at the start and, uh, and it, it, it didn't feel right. It, it, it wasn't right. What, what didn't feel right about it? Was it that you just, did you feel like they were just trying to sell you something? I don't know. What, what Aye, didn't feel right? I think it, it's like, I've, I've got two non-exec directors who I've been, I've been on and I've, I've been holidays with them now. I've, I've went on mm. uh, endurance events with them. I've, I've got on with them kind of personally uh, and professionally as well. I think it's quite important. It was quite important to me as a, as a, because I'm a kind of a people's person to, to, to really kind of find people who I got on with. But again, Look, you, you can find amazing people who can help you with certain parts of your journey. Then you can look at other people for different journeys. There's, there's, I think it just depends where you are at the moment. If you're looking at processes and systems, find somebody who knows, who, who can do that inside out. It doesn't need to be a big entrepreneur, strategic, strategic consultant. It could be somebody who was a high-level ops person within a business before 
we speak to somebody mm. at the moment who's been absolutely amazing for us. I can I can tell you that right now. It's like wow, some of the stuff they're bringing because they've done that in their job for five six years. Uh, just find people. Just find out what you need, where you want to take the business. Uh, you might need uh, maybe a couple of years of solid work with them to get to here. Then you might look at a different journey. And that's quite important. Mm, I love that. So talk, before we finish then, talk to me yeah. about what's been your journey, what's been your, I guess, let's start, like what's been your biggest challenge in growing this business from a higher, like bringing people on the bus and having them yeah. in the right seats? Like what, what's what been your biggest challenge there? Because I, I get sort of messages all the time on sort of people who may be at that sort of 5, 10, 15 mark and really struggle yeah. to get anywhere past 20. They're always sort of yo-yoing. Like talk to me a bit about what what have you had to learn the hard way yeah. in terms well, of hiring the right people? Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah, I've learned the hard way, definitely. Really, really learned the hard way. Like, most, like a lot of people can be, uh, I think, you, you always used, used to always be a massive emphasis on people's billings and what they could bill and what they could bring mm. in financially and a lot of the other characteristics and traits were great. Yeah. And that can be a recipe for disaster. So I think for us, it's it's been a massive learning curve. Honestly, I've uh, I could, we could sit and talk about this all day. I've really over the yeah. past wee while, the past while, really trying to kind of find people who are quite purpose led people as well. Mm-hmm. People who have got a real kind of passion for people and a passion for what the what the what they what they do, and are looking for a bit of longevity within a career. Why, what, what, what did you find yourself looking at before? Was it just... Just, oh, they'll build 200, they'll build 300, All get right. them in. Don't even really need to interview them, they'll be fine, as long as they can bring in numbers. That was the probably what I was kind of brought up with back then, which is, it, it, it didn't work well for me. It has, yeah. it has as well. Uh, I've, I've, I've hired different people who have got really good kind of family models as well one of our kind of top builders at the moment is is a young guy came out of, didn't go to, he, he, he tried football professional football but he, he kind of fell into recruitment he actually wrote me one of these letters Mr Young kind of I'm interested and I was like caught my eye and I brought him in but he's really mm. motivated with his family he, he, he's getting really good paychecks at the moment he went down gave his mum a car there and all that and looks mm. after his kind of grand stuff like that as well I think I'm starting to really look for people who are quite similar minded and I know it's it might not be the be all and end all for massive I know companies are looking for like hiring 30, 40, 50 people and scale, scale, mm. scale but the, the the way I'm looking to kind of do it at the moment is bringing in good professionals, decent people who are good with clients, are, are not going to mess clients about and really go on well mm. with them and and deliver. Or if they don't deliver, they'll talk about why they're not delivering. I think it's it's so mm. important. Have have you uh, experienced typically have you experienced typically more um, people that have recruitment experience rather than not. Uh, most of our kind of a lot of our kind of top people at the moment of people are brought in without any recruitment experience at all, right. and we've kind of trained them. But re- uh, recently, this year, um, I've, I've been focusing on experience. I'd love to take on grads and, and rookies at the moment, but we're just fully remote in Scotland still at the moment, and yeah, trying yeah. to work out work out the best way to bring on people with no experience. But I've hired a few people who. Have been experienced. Uh, I really took my time, but again, any any, le- any learnings there? Because you do I, hear that I've, you do I've, hear the I've, I've, challenges yeah, on that. Top, top learning is, is is do your do your homework. Do Please your do your homework. Yeah. Go, go and speak to people they've maybe worked with in the past. Look at some clients they've worked with. Get them to talk about some of their 
the the clients they work with. You might know some of them as well. I know you can't always do those reference checks yeah, before yeah. you hire them, but please do your due diligence. I've been, uh, I've hired some really good people who have really took my time, and I've actually, I've, I've even kind of after them, we've identified who they are and went after them ourselves, and and really tried nice. to come and persuade them to come and join us because we know that they're, they're good. But again, it's it's hard. I've had a few really good experiences late, lately, but who knows what the future will hold us. Yeah, I've been using this SPQ SPQ tool at the moment as well, which has been what's that? The really, is really that good. personality assessment? I, it's, gonna, it's a it's a recruitment specific one. What's uh, it called? SPQ. SPQ. I'll find out because it's quite a good one. I would give the guy a, a plug on this. Well, but, so what, uh, what's what's good about it? Why? why so is it's, it it's a it's a real recruitment one, and uh, and it's it's been right so many times for us at the moment it's made us maybe not hire people just before we've been ready to pull the trigger it showed us some small concerns with people before they've joined but it's helped us really uh, really do a training round about it yeah like help on that yeah what so what I, types of things out of interest what types of things can it unearth it's is it? stuff maybe like right around about state sales it could be stuff about imposter syndrome about probably not, right. kind of like not the, the, it's been the kind of real sales level stuff, but it's really identified some key traits within like customer experience and 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 professionalism and stuff like that as well, which has been key for us. And recent a recent one was where we'll, we have hired somebody and, and we went back after them being with us for a while and 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 did the did the test. This one must have fell through the net. I don't know why we never done the test, <laughs> but we did it after they started. And it, and it really. It, it, it's, it was a great report as I, as, I, as I knew it would be but it, it did show a real like it, it could be a great start but they, this person could start getting overwhelmed if they're too busy they could have too much on right. and, and the, the, the day later the guy they phoned up his man said well, I've got quite a lot on it oh my God. My desk. and I realized like, there is a real science behind this and again it's something I'm just starting to I think his name's Dominic Walters SPQ mm. but it's been Again, it's a it's a recruitment one, and it's something. The science behind this, and it's a beauty. We're really learning the science behind everything at the moment. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely find out what that tool is, and I'll we'll it. Tell you. We'll get yeah, it in the the show notes because I know it's stuff like that people are really yeah, interested in. It's, um, it's so important. So, I, I, as we finish, then talk to me about how are you feeling about continuing to cultivate the MBN culture in this yeah. sort of it seems like you're going down the report yeah. remote in the office like how are you yeah. feeling about it as a business owner i'm interested like how are you are there anything are there any things that you're doing on a weekly monthly yeah. basis to ensure that that culture is still there i don't know how are you feeling yeah. about it so I'm nervous a, a, a little bit as well but i'm, I'm quite excited about the future at the moment i, I honestly I've done a lot of kind of work on myself probably over the past 18 years 18 months to the two years I've done a lot of I've really myself to kind of handle my kind of pressure and stresses. I've got right into like crazy ultra runs and big mm-hmm. challenges and I've done a lot of the, the cold water exposure. So I feel as if I'm pretty calm into meditation and all that. I've probably done a, a bit of old tippy these days, but it's really helped me run the business more kind of purpose led and, and looking at the people and, and, and seeing what good we can do with our organisation to help other people as well. So I am. We're, we're really looking closely at our people. Uh, we, we will be fully remote, but we're looking at doing a lot more kind of days together when we can and, and bringing people together. And again, it's something I don't know. I've, I've just really 
we've always, again, it's I've always been like kind of sales, 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 and it was company lunches, and it's salespeople, it's top ballers, top ballers. But I was on a, a kind of company lunch there. This might be quite controversial for the recruitment industry, but a company kind of sales winners lunch there, and there was eight of us on it. And I thought, I really feel as if our business and MBN is in a position where it's much more than just the sales at the moment. Our, our mm. ops is really leaning in, our finance is leaning in, our markets is, is marketing is really leaning in, and I feel as if it's time now to kind of uh, to, to bring the business into one. And I think that's I don't know if that's maybe other recruitment kind of leaders and business people to kind of listen to that. There's so much more than just the sales within the business. You do need that, but to get the kind of clog working, it, it's got to be. A, a one company and one team and I'm really emphasising I'm pushing on that at the moment to try and bring people together look at our kind of values our strategy what we're doing moving forward and and leaning in because there's people you know who you're just keeping an eye out and people there's people who are quiet maybe the odd days here and there the odd week mm. here and there and, and it's really leaning in to make sure they're okay at the moment I think it's so important I love that come a so come a long way since Never managing uh, people, doing all yeah, that, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to love what I do. I do. I still get as much passion today as I have when I, when I first started. It's, in, it's it's just changing yearly, monthly, weekly. It's good times. Yeah, I I the, the market is the market is it's so busy at the moment, and I feel as if it's it's the the tides are turning now. Good quality recruitment businesses and recruitment consultants can now pick and choose who they want to work with instead mm. of instead of uh, it being the other way about. And I think that's so important to be to be in a niche and really, really master your trade because if you do, you will be able to pick and choose the companies you want to work with based on their values, how they work, their hiring process, all that kind of stuff. It's really strong emphasis on quality over quantity and, and looking at more kind of retained stuff. And if you are an expert in your field, you should be getting paid for what you're doing from the start as well for years we've been fully contingency and busting our busting our jobs doing a great job and getting cracking people through a process maybe a month's work to to not get paid so our kind of mission at the moment is really looking at how we can change that uh, mm. and, and 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 what we what we companies that kind of share our kind of values and work efforts as well yeah i love that so look final final question for you michael what's yeah. the what's the ultimate goal for your recruitment career yeah, just keep building at the moment. Uh, take take the business more international. Hire some real quality people. Get into a position where we've got a good, more of a real solid structure. I create across sales processes, uh, and, and and start bringing on more people and see what we see what else we can do to bring a bit of good into this world as well. Where we're all being successful, I think that's important. Well, share some of the success with, with less people are more or less fortunate than yourselves. Love it, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Great, thanks very much. Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast. That will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? And 
If you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.